Father, have your way with us this morning as we look at your word, as we get encouraged by your word, Father, once you have your way. Would you speak to us, to delight in us this morning. May you receive all the glory that's due to your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, please take them out. We'll continue with the book that you've been looking at, uh, Philippians. We're in chapter 2. And the key scripture for today is verse 7, but I'll start off from verse 3. And this is what it says. Philippians 2, verse 3. It says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition, or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse 5 Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery. To be equal with God. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. This is the New King James Version. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Another translation puts it this way. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So, uh, Wesley mentioned this morning, if you um, uh, heard Throughout this whole book in particular, chapter 2, Philippians, the, the theme, the overall theme of this chapter has been unity. Unity, unity, unity. And today, we've looked at little segments that help us focus on this word about unity and how to be united as a, a family, as a group of believers together from different places coming together. How are we to be united with our differences? Uh, Paul has tried to in- encourage uh, his friends in Philippi to be united with differences. Um, and so we continue with this. Just remember, have the, that in the back of your, of your mind. It's about unity. Paul is addressing, trying to encourage us with this thing about unity. And today's um, theme, based on verse 7, will be Becoming nothing. Jesus being our perfect example. Jesus being our perfect example. He chose to become nothing. And as we've been looking through this book, uh, chapter 2 in particular, uh, we, we have realized that two points have, that have really stood out. Looking at Jesus in his humanity. Remember, I said that Jesus had everything as God in his deity, had everything, gave all of that up or put them aside, came down to earth, became a human for 
to show us as to how we are to live. And so two things that we have picked out. The first one is attitude. How Jesus' attitude was when he came here as a man. And then the second one was humility. Attitude and humility are combined. Because our attitude will determine whether we will be humble or not. And circumstances will be thrown at us. Life will happen. And as life happens and challenges and all, and the good stuff happens, but we have the ability under God's mercy to decide, am I going to be proud or am I going to be humble? So we've seen those two things uh, in Jesus' life as an example. Attitude and humility. Now as I've said that, I want you to consider those two things. Consider his attitude, Jesus' attitude in this epistle, in this, in this uh, book. His attitude and how he, his attitude led him to be humble in the way he outworked his life on, on this earth. So consider that in the, in the back of your mind as you're reading it, as you just look at Jesus' life. Remember, he is our perfect example. He, is, he, show, he came as a man to show us how to live this life for the glory of him who called um, who has called him son. And his attitude was this. Jesus made himself nothing. He lowered himself and made himself nothing. From glory to absolutely nothing. He chose that life. Why? Jesus could have, could have come as a fully grown man. He could, have, you know, he could have come in his glorious way and present himself as a king. As a king. The light come and he could have done that, but he chose not to. He chose to come and almost subdue himself to the things of this world, became lowly in spirit. He chose to be nothing. There are five steps that, he, that we can learn, that we can see um, of his self-humiliation in this uh, passage of scripture. Reading from Michael Eaton's... Um, um, commentary. He says this. He says, there are five steps of self-humiliation that we see. The first one is Jesus did not exploit his advantages. He did not look at himself and say, I'm the king. I'm God. I can do all these things. No, he did not exploit those things. Number two, he made himself nothing by taking the form of a human being. Number three, the particular kind of human being that Jesus became was that of a servant, given obedience or obedient service to his father. Attitude. His, obedient, or his obedience went to the extent of total loss of life. Total loss of life. The fifth step in Jesus' degradation was the kind of death that he was willing to endure. A death on a cross. Those five points, those five steps of the humiliation as he allowed himself to go through, we can spend a, a whole message, a whole month, a whole a bunch of time looking at every single one of them 
and how it relates to us, or how it should relate to us. But Paul highlights these five steps because he wants to invite us, he wants to invite us as, as Christian, as Christian community, to follow Jesus in becoming nothing. So where you are, here he speaks to the guys in Philippi, uh, the Holy Spirit speaking to us here in, in Kilani, Hatton, and the churches that are all Christians across the world. God would say, follow Jesus by becoming nothing. Follow Jesus by becoming nothing. But how does it look like? What does it look like for you? What, how does it look like for me? How, what are the implications? What are, how? Okay, follow Jesus by becoming nothing. But Jesus is the one who gave me everything. I must become nothing. How, how, how does it look like in your daily life? As you wake up, as you go to work, as you're being blessed with work, wherever you find yourself, how does it look like? We look at Jesus as the example. Need to realize that Jesus gave up his rights. He sought no earthly praise from men and women. How often do we want to be praised? How often do we want to be, oh, look at you, you have done well, look what you've done. And if it comes, it's great. But we give God the glory for that. But Jesus did not look for those things. He allowed himself to be treated as a sinner and a criminal. The God of the universe allowed himself to be treated as a sinner and as a criminal. He made little attempts to protect himself except for the purpose of doing the Father's will. He left aside the possibility of wealth and prestige. I mean, we all want to be wealthy. Let's be honest. We all want to have, don't we? We do. Because if we are wealthy or we've got money, it makes our life on earth slightly easier. It does. Jesus had none of that. None of that in his mind. He did not come from a prestigious family and chose to live in a despised province of a despised country. He made no attempt to vindicate himself. Now to me that sounds like a pretty humble man. Pretty humble man. And oh how we are so often drawn to vindicate ourselves. So often trying to vindicate ourselves. Jesus, our perfect example, found no need for that. He was the one man who had every right to vindicate himself. He's the one man who had every reason to say, no, look at me, I am A, B, C, D, I am righteous. I did not do those things wrong. But he didn't find the reason to do that. Why? Well, I believe the reason Jesus could continue walking in this way is because he had a uh, heavenward mentality. He had a heavenward mentality. I would imagine he probably uh, reasoned, saying, because this world will pass away. I'm on earth. I'm here. This will all pass away. Why should I waste my time? And those are strong words. Waste my time and energy and things that will pass away. And I wonder how many of us do that. How many... Often, what are you spending your energy and time on which will pass away? 
The only time Jesus, if something interfered with his call, then he would rise. Then he would speak up. Then he would act. But all the other things which he knew would pass away, he did not really entertain. He did not really entertain. The only thing that he entertained was whatever it was that the Father had for his life, which would bring God the glory. So for Henrik and Marisa, whatever God brings your, your way so that he can get the glory, that's what you fight for. All the other little things are trivial. There's small stuff that we are not to be too concerned about. Yes, we have to stand. There are times we need to stand for, for, for things. I'm not saying just let things walk over, people walk over you just because. No, no, there's times we need to stand. But actually, ultimately, what is the will of God on, in your lives, in our lives? Where is He taking us? What has He called us to do? That is what we fight for. That is what we defend. That is what we, we hold on to. And I believe because Jesus had this forward thinking, it helped him have an attitude of humility. You remember the story, I think it was Peter, when, the, when they're in the, in the garden or the forest or the field, and uh, the soldiers were coming to, to get Jesus. And so they came, Jesus stood up, Peter stood up, drew a sword and chopped off someone's ear. Do you remember? I think it was Peter. Um, there, Peter was defending Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the king. I'm doing what is right before what seems I'm defending him. Jesus, Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Restores this man's ear. Uh, like, I mean, you think, I'm going to chop your ear. Don't, don't mess. This is, but Jesus says, no. This that's happening, coming to arrest me and all the rest, it's part of God's will for my life. And as that happens, he, God, will get the glory. See, Paul pinpoints a specific point of history here. He says he made himself nothing. This is Jesus taking the very nature of a slave. Paul points to Jesus in this way in order to invite us to take to ourselves a similar mentality. So how are our mentalities? But to be reminded of these things, Jesus being our perfect example. I was speaking to, I'm allowed to call his name Duncan, yesterday. And um, we were just discussing some, some challenges in the business world. And how to remain ethical in the business world. And that's a challenge in itself. Because someone will come and be unethical. And because it's been unethical, you have the right, ethically, to stand up and go against that, that person. And you were just, uh, I think Benovio concluded what the, the answer was, but as I was thinking about this, I thought, what mentality do I have? Actually, that person who's been unethical towards me and trying to take my business, as it were, uh, that business, it's God who gave it to us in the first place. So my, 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 my then result of that should be, God, what must I do? How do I behave here? How? 
Do I take them on or do I not? Do I stand back? What do I do? Lead me so I can bring glory to you, King. But it's a hard thing for us as humans. I know. It's a hard thing. Because in everything in me wants to go and, and, and take on that individual. Because they have done me wrong. I am justified. I want to, be, I want to vindicate myself in this situation. You have done me wrong. How dare you do me wrong? I will show you. I will show you. I might not be the biggest guy, but I've got other guys around me who are big. I know the law. I know all sorts of things around me. I can call on those things. But does it bring glory to the king? See, God will put his people in various places. God will put us all in different places. Some of us will have an easier life than others. Some will have greater fame or success than others. But all of us, irrespective of where God has placed you, we are all asked to make ourselves nothing. To take on nothing. So far as it depends on us, Jesus stepped into the very nature of a slave. Of a slave. He lived a life of happy slavery in inverted commas constantly and joyfully doing the father's will carrying nothing nothing for his own glory that is one of the motivations i believe jesus had what am i doing is this i'm wanting god to get the glory my father to get the glory and how does it look like is this going to bring glory to him or is it, is it not if it's not i don't want to be involved in it if it's going to bring him glory it doesn't matter how hard, uh, hard it is how hurtful it is, I will push and I will do it. Why? Because it will bring God the glory. And let's not forget that it is this God that I'm preaching about this morning who has given us the very lives that we live. The very lives that we live. As uh, Wesley reminded us, I often say, uh, quote, Acts where it says that it's God who has decided the times and places that we are to be born and live. Born and live. Why? So that we can look for him, even though he's not far. He says that. We could have been born in the 16th century when they were leeching. Is it leeching? Or when they were, that thing. When they were writing people, you know, when they were horrible. We could have been born in that age. But God has chose not to. We could have been born in Jesus' age. God chose not to. He chose that we'd be born in this century, this time. For his glory. He knows best. He knows best. And so this part, verse 7 in uh, Philippians, there's a word that we need to recognize or, or take note of. It says there, no reputation, but he uh, made himself of no reputation. This word reputation here literally means he emptied himself. He emptied himself. This means he set aside the voluntary use of his incommunicable attributes. Attributes that he cannot share with men. Attributes that cannot be shared with men, such as omniscience. I think that's how you pronounce it. English is... uh, Eighth, eighth language. Being all-knowing. All-knowing. God knows everything. 
corners everything. And, and uh, omnipresence, I think I can pronounce that better. Being everywhere all the time. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. How does that work? That is a power that he owns that he cannot share with us. We cannot understand that. But Jesus emptied himself of that to become a man to show us the way to live our lives. The Lord Jesus emptied himself of the voluntary use of his deity to become a man on earth. So that we can follow someone. So we can, he wasn't, he didn't come here and became, he, came, he was God, but now he's a man, but he's got God attributes so that, you know, he can strike and things happen. And uh, he's a, he was exactly like us. Exactly like us. I mean, the, the reality is we, he emptied himself. But for you and I, how we do everything in our power to build some sort of good reputation in our lives, don't we? We do. We, love it, we live and love our lives. We want to build a reputation. When they speak of me, that I, it, it must be good stuff. Oh, you know the guy Joe has got such a good reputation. Yet Jesus shelved his rights as God. He thought more of us than he did of his own name. It was not forced upon him. He was not tricked into doing this. He did this of his own will. He relinquished the celebrity of his deity. He gave it up. So we, we see and we are taught about our attitudes. We are faced with unethical business dealings coming. How, what is our attitude like in those meetings? We are faced with, I don't know, in school, unethical stuff or stuff that is against you. What is our attitude in those situations? Jesus' attitude in every situation was this. Is this, is my behavior going to bring glory to God? Is it going to fulfill the will that God has for my life? And he walked and went that way. So much so that he even suffered death on a cross, a gruesome death. He was God Almighty who became man. He could have called on his father and said, God, I can't take this. This is too much. Come down and strike these people that you love. Because you love them, I'm going to love them. Because you love them and you want salvation for them, I'm going to follow what that which is your plan. This plan doesn't seem to be, it seems to be illogical. But you're God and I'm not. And you know best. You know best. So this word attitude, this word humility, go together. And what kind of binds them together is our mentality. Scripture calls us to have the same mentality like Christ did. It wasn't because Jesus was holier than thou. Jesus was man like you and I. We can walk the same path. Walk the same path. So in every situation, 
Lord, help me, help us. May we be reminded to have the mentality of Jesus Christ. An attitude that will bring Him glory, God the Father, and allows us to be humble. So in conclusion, it was F.B. Mayer who said this, In light of all of this, in light of our mentality, in light of the attitude, in light of, of all of these things that we've spoken about, we as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we Christians, we are set apart, we are different. We don't function the same way like the world does. Yes, we are in the world, but not of the world. He said this, he said, We must be willing to lay aside our ambition." And glory, our thrones of comfort, respect, and power. If by doing that, it will enable others to see the light of Christ in our lives. We should have that mentality. If we lay aside all those things that we are going for, our glories, our comforts, whatever... If that, if our actions, our attitudes will bring some sort, shed some sort of light to the world that is in, do, in, in, in the dark place. He said, we must be willing to take the form of servants. Must be willing to take the form of servants. To wash one another's feet. To submit even to shame and spitting, to misunderstanding and criticism, if we shall help to lift the world closer to God by having this attitude and mindset. But that's on us. That's on us. We get the choice. We decide. How we want to handle everything. And yes, we will fail. Yes, we will mess up. But we thank God for His grace. That we run to Him and say, God, I messed up there. I failed there. Please forgive me. And the next opportunity that He brings our way, help, help me to bring glory to Your most holy name. Father, thank You for Your word. Thank you that you are worthy of everything, Jesus. Thank you, God, that there's no condemnation for us who are in you. Thank you that you sent your Son to show us the way we ought to live our lives. We are so grateful for that. And we honor you and we praise you. And we ask your, your, for your help in every situation. God, as parents, as business owners, God, I ask for your help for all of us as a church. Help us, God, to live our lives in a way, God, that will bring glory to your most holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen.